We're good. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. How you doing, Blessing? I'm doing good. Happy New Year, Imran. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is the first official show we've been on, I guess. KFGD, because we were yeah. on Gamescast this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were on about Gamescast. Our, our best of 2020. You should go listen to that. And Kind of Funny Day and... We've been doing streams also. Yeah. We've seen each other a lot this year, yeah. even though we're, we're only on the 7th. But this is our first KF, which is exciting. Yes. Oh, no. Is Imran frozen for you too, Kevin? No. Is you're everybody frozen, frozen, for frozen, for you're frozen for me. You're frozen for me. You're frozen for me. Okay. There you go. You're good. You're unfroze. You're unfroze. Am I moving? Okay. Cool. You look good. Thank God. You look good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Imran, we played a lot of Bloodborne over the we break. Did. And let me tell you, that was a good time. I don't think we've gotten to talk about just that on, on content, but... Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed our, our Bloodborne streams because one, helped me get through the game, which I appreciate. Two, I feel like it brought us closer together. I feel like we have like this renewed form of, of, of friendship that was there mm -hmm. before, obviously, but now like we're we're blood brothers, you know? That, yeah, now it's been forged in fire. Like we we've been through some shit together. For sure. But now yeah, now we're we're closer than we were a year ago. Now, my question for you is do you want to sit in with me during these Sekiro streams? I was probably just going to drop in and start talking shit anyway. So yeah, probably. Because I think that'll be a good time. I'm very excited. Uh, what's what's one thing I should keep in mind for Sekiro now that I'm going to start it again? Uh, you're going to be bad. Like that's just mm. it, Sekiro doesn't work the same way Bloodborne does. It works on the same fundamental principles, but like it's just different enough that if you try to play it like Bloodborne, you're going to fail. So just just accept that death is one of those things that's going to happen, and like. And by the time you, if you ever go back to the beginning of Sekiro after finishing it, you'll be like, I don't understand how these enemies were killing me before. They seem mm. so easy now. Okay. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Very excited. Of course, that's happening right after Kind of Funny Games Daily on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. But for right now, we're on, we're on Kind of Funny Games Daily. So let's talk about new Switch Pro Leaks, uh, Microsoft Nintendo alternate timeline, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, Honey, and PillPack. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the World Report. It's time for some news. Starting with our number one. That was very good, Kevin. You get an imaginary gold star for that. Yeah! First of the year! Starting with our number one, let's talk about some new details about that Switch Pro, which have leaked. This is from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Reference to an upgraded Nintendo Switch model has reportedly been found within the console's latest firmware update, seemingly strengthening reports that a Pro console will be released this year. The details come via known data miner Skyers M, who claims that the firmware makes reference to a new hardware model codenamed Ala. 
Uh, Ala reportedly uses the same ship used in the Nintendo Switch Lite and 2019 revision. While this by itself doesn't suggest improved performance, Skyrim's M suggests it will, uh, it will be pushed to higher clock speeds and that the firmware also references support for a real tech chip which advertises itself as a 4K UHD multimedia SLC. Previous reports have indicated that Switch Pro will support 4K resolution. As for the physical hardware, it's claimed that the Ala model has an upgraded display in the form of an OLED screen, an OLED screen. In addition, the firmware supposedly suggests substantially better cooling and battery life for Ala. Multiple outlets have reported that Nintendo is preparing to launch new Switch hardware in early 2021 and that it might feature upgraded computing power and support for 4K graphics. According to one September Bloomberg story, Nintendo has reportedly asked game developers to make their existing games 4K-ready in preparation for the new hardware. Asked about Switch Pro, as it's, been, as it's been nicknamed, during a Polygon interview published last month, Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser played down reports that the company is planning an imminent Switch revamp. Quote, right now, with the moment, momentum that we have, our focus will be, will be on existing form factors, end quote, he said. And uh, I remember that interview, me and Greg talked about it uh, on KFGD, and that that was kind of the thing that, for me, led me to think that, okay, maybe this thing is further out than we think. But with these reports in mind, or with these, with these reports factored in, with the, with the data mining factored in, Imran, where do, you, where do you sit at with where the Switch Pro is? So I, for one, I don't believe Doug Bowser because one, I don't think necessarily his last if he Bowser, knows, he's a villain. Yeah, he's a villain. He's, he's up he's no good. He is sitting up at eight four, being like, "Where's all these people coming for my bridge?" Clearly, like he's spending his time princess. like, "Where yeah, yeah. where you, why are they taking so long?" But like, Nintendo has before the DS Lite was announced, literally the day before, they denied a rumor that the DS Lite was going to be announced. Like they they have a track record of saying, "Oh yeah, this isn't a thing," and then later it's a thing. That said, I, I read over this stuff last night. I I don't believe. Or, okay, I do think they did actually look at the data they say they're looking at because Sky or was it Skyers? Skyers M is someone who is very well known for finding like Switch firmware stuff and like Switch. Uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Like breaking open the switch very well over the last couple of years. So I think he he or she or you know they did this. But I think they are also making some leaps I'm not sure I would make. Like I I don't think necessarily that it's going to have an OLED screen. I think compatibility for powering that doesn't necessarily like that is such a waste, especially for a 4K OLED screen. I don't think that's ever happening. Mm, on a handheld. Yeah. I think a like I think a comb or a docked thing where it like uses maybe dlss or some mobile equivalent of dlss that is like i think that's a lot more reasonable Mm. yeah i i I can definitely see that i think the thing that has made this whole run-up to a potential switch pro interesting is that like you know we talk we talk about like doug bowser is he telling the truth do we believe what he's saying all that stuff i think the, the the nugget that I take from that interview is where he talks about switch software and how uh, the switch is still doing well, because like, if you look at sales, I think we talked about this a bit actually yesterday with me and Gary, like the switch is killing it. The switch in terms of, in terms of attachment rate, the attachment rate for software on the switch is incredible, especially when you look at first party software. And with that being the case, like there's not really a big reason why you need to release the switch pro in the spring Uh, that coupled with, covid that coupled with just like the woes of of software development and all that stuff right like 
if you are, as reports have said over the last year, right? Like if you are preparing this uh, uh, library launch with the Switch Switch Pro, right? Whether that be uh, Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever software, whatever other software you have, you're going to have ready at that time to launch with it. If that's not ready to go by spring, I think you'd easily, easily, easily delay till uh, till fall or delay till spring 2022 and be fine and roll out that way. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I expect is if the Switch Pro is real, which no one's here saying for sure that it is, but if it is real, I would probably expect it towards the end of 2021 or beginning of 2022. Like, this is not... This is not a thing that's going to come out tomorrow. And I imagine, like, software is part of the reason, like, they would push it back. Like, we've not seen hide nor hair Breath of the Wild 2, and it seems like it would actually be a good fit for, like, a more powerful console or, you know, a PS4 Pro-style upgrade. Like, if it is a thing where they are using, like, DLSS technology or, as I said, some some variant of that, like, that would be cool that they could get, like, better frame rates and better resolution on older games and newer games like theoretically from just like raw horsepower so i'm i'm curious to see like if they do do a switch pro which i think they will do at some point um how that like affects the split between new games and old games like is a breath of the wild 2 going to be like yeah it's it is ostensibly it is like up res to 4k on uh on switch pro but like 720 to 1080 on regular switch it is that good like will that get people to go like oh shit i need that'll get me to get, go oh shit i need a new switch i don't know about regular yeah. people i think maybe most people might just be fine like animal crossing still looks fine who cares yeah as long as it works it works and i'm down to use my switch that i already own yeah do you do you think it is going to be handheld because i know that we i i forget if it's you or if it was somebody else who uh we had the back and forth of like yeah, no, it could be a console. Like, it could be just a home console that that a couple that, that works as like the secondary thing, right? Like, you go home, have this thing that's ar- that, that's already plugged into your TV, and it, it that that is the way in which it supports 4K is like knowing that it doesn't have to like support uh uh like this handheld screen or having an OLED or anything else, right? Like, do you think they're for sh- do you, like wh- where do you sit at with that? I think if I were Nintendo and I was looking at this from an economical perspective. What I would do is have a new Switch that, as a Switch Pro, may like a- as a handheld. It is basically like like that story says, functionally similar to the Switch and the Switch Lite, because like that doesn't drain battery, that doesn't do too much heat. Like it is playing the quote unquote worst versions of games in a handheld version. But when you plug it into a dock, maybe the new Switch has a better uh, throughput that like allows it to actually gain more from the dock than the original switch did so like when docked it is like 4k capable or you know can play games at better frame rate like we already kind of see that in switch now but like to a larger extent not just because it's kicking on fans like Mm -hmm. i think that would be the smarter way to do it and like that would make it so oh you can't just buy a new dock you have to buy a new switch because you know it just wouldn't be possible with the old one like i think that is probably smarter We'll see how they end up doing it. I could foresee a situation where they just, you know, they're at least a non-hybrid version because they, they've already gone that way with the Switch Lite. Like, what if they just went full? Like, there are people who just yeah. have no interest in a handheld and they maybe want just a better graphic Switch and that would be, you know, this would be for them. But yeah, I they are killing it in sales, but at some point, like, technology is going to outpace them and getting getting uh, ports, which they kind of rarely do now, but they'd still do enough that they still highlight them. 
like that could become a problem like i'm not saying bug snacks would be too hard for switch but i'm not seeing it on switch yet so mm. like maybe that is a case of where even indie developers are going hey we need a little bit more overhead to work with this thing or like something so yeah. that may be nintendo's thinking yeah, I mean, as we, I think as we reach further and further into the Xbox Series X and PS5 generation, and you see games being made exclusively for those consoles, it becomes less and less enticing to want to go back and make something. For, and go back feels like it feels mean to say, but you know what I mean. Like right. scale down for the Switch when you made something for these advanced consoles that feel uh, or that were that were that were easier to develop because of the power there, right? And like scaling down is going to take work. Uh, maybe a switch pro fixes that or maybe i mean maybe the solution is nintendo's just like fuck it like you guys are still buying our our console because we have first party stuff and that's the reason why you're here and so we don't have to worry about that stuff i mean i think either either of those are possibilities i think nintendo would love an ipad model of where like they release a new thing every couple of years or every like let's say four years and that that's like it slowly becomes the new switch and then a new one comes out and stuff like that because every if you think about nintendo's history they have had amazing successes that get absolutely just wrecked by generational transitions because like the new thing isn't as good for some reason or they couldn't communicate that it's a new thing or mm. third parties like the old thing but they don't like the new thing and like if the switch is hot switch is selling super well so if they just you know don't do a generational transition yeah. but still keep up on technology this wave. yeah like maybe that's maybe that's where console gaming is going in general and like they're just going to be the first ones to actually outright say, yeah, we're doing this. Mm. Well, speaking of Nintendo, story number two, Microsoft once tried to buy Nintendo. This is from Megan Froekmanesh at The Verge. Today, Xbox is a powerhouse, yet it wasn't always so. Bloomberg's Dina Bass published an oral history on the creation of Microsoft's Xbox that recounts the console's conception from an executive retreat through release day, with snags like a failed bit at Nintendo detailed along the way. The original Xbox was known as Midway, or Coffin Box to some, according to the Xbox technology officer Seamus Blackley, quote, because they worried that it would fail and, and end their career at Microsoft, end quote. As part of an effort to lock in exclusive games, Microsoft tried to acquire companies like Electronic Arts, Midway Games, and Square. Kevin Bacchus, director of third-party relations, says that, says that the president and later Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer also made the team meet with Nintendo. Their pitch revolved around the technical powers of the Xbox. It did not go as planned. Quote, they just laughed their asses off, Bacchus told Bloomberg. Like, imagine an hour of somebody just laughing at you. That was kind of how the meeting went, Jesus. end quote. <laughs> right? <laughs> Bloomberg's story uh, goes on to explore the console's actual achievements, including its successful bid for Halo creator Bungie. Uh, the full piece is well worth the read, uh, especially for the anecdote about an unnamed Konami executive. As for Nintendo... Uh, chairman of Nintendo America, Howard Lincoln, told the publication that the company, quote, does not talk about confidential discussions with other companies. In any event, nothing came of these discussions, end quote. Yeah, nobody Imran. cried either. <laughs> Dude, I would my feelings would have been so hurt if I was Xbox. And, like, I walk in with a serious deal, and Miyamoto just, start, like, just starts giggling. Everybody starts cracking up. And I'm like, no, wait. But this, uh, we got this console called the Xbox. It's going to do great. And Miyamoto's just there, like, and we got the GameCube. <laughs> like, what do we need you guys for? There's a story about how so uh, Shinji Mikami was famously very pissed at Sony for some reason. I don't remember. Uh, I think it was about 2D games. But like, he was shopping Resident Evil out to other companies after the PlayStation like launch or the the end of the PlayStation generation. So he he went to he obviously Resident Evil ended up going to GameCube for a little bit after that. But he took a meeting with Microsoft first, 
and I think like they were late and they came into the room like rushed and like all that stuff and they didn't like properly greet them and Mikami found this incredibly offensive and it, like that was when he said okay yeah Resident Evil is not coming to Xbox like not mainline series you know new stuff so I would not be shocked if Microsoft kind of walked into these sort of things being like I don't know we're fucking Microsoft we're like yeah. we don't gotta we be got money you know, we're yeah. the most powerful corporation in the world and then like every Japanese company is like fuck off like yeah you, there's a there's a dance to this don't like don't think you're above that yeah now this whole this this whole story I think is fascinating and hilarious. Uh, the neobiologists, uh, I I like their question. They wrote in and said, uh, "Hey, bless." They said, "Bless and Tim," because I think today was supposed to be Tim, but yeah. changing it, removing Tim's name, adding Imran's name. Hey, bless and Imran. <laughs> An interesting piece of news bless came out yesterday. Just the tea. Oh yeah, I could just remove the T. Hey, bless him. An interesting piece of news came out yesterday that I thought was humorous. Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo. This happened just around the time that the original Xbox released too. Naturally, this is crazy. Except, is it now when Microsoft bought Bethesda? So, what do you think a world of Microsoft Nintendo would have looked like? Would Nintendo have been the same? Could it have gotten hit bad during the Don Matrick era? Or could Xbox and Nintendo have completely diff- could have been completely different beasts that we couldn't even imagine? Thanks, the nanobiologist. Imran, I want you to theorize with me. What does a Microsoft Nintendo look like? We like this is uh, what we call in politics when we talk about theoretical things is the minor scale that we can think we have an excellent example of what a Nintendo like company under Microsoft would have been like because they did buy Rare and Rare did define a lot of Nintendo's S four generation and like a lot of their over like I think Nintendo was really reactive to what Rare was putting out so in that sense they really didn't do well with Rare for a number of years. Like, Viva Pinata is a great game, but they didn't know what to do with it. Like, it didn't seem to really jive with their audience. So I th- I think it would have been, like, a number of years of Nintendo being very much lost in the woods because back in the day, Microsoft was very hands-on, or they were hands-on about how hands-off they were with uh, their studios. So they would tell them to do things and just kind of leave them to do it. And that led to a lot of, like, misdirection and people like studios not understanding what they wanted what the audience wanted they weren't being reactive to like what like if if i had rare early in the xbox generation i wouldn't have put out conquer and grab by the ghoulies and stuff like that it would have been hey make something like goldeneye instead they made a yeah. very bad perfect dark game that should have yeah. been like more more quality controlled than it was like i think you would have like oh yeah here's here's a new mario like here's mario 64 2 or whatever which maybe that would have been better than Sunshine, but like I think you'd ever get to the Mario Galaxy part of that like line. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have Nintendo learning the lessons they learned from the GameCube generation, and you wouldn't you wouldn't have the Wii era essentially. You would have like Nintendo's IPs for better or worse, kind of languishing in a uh, more technologically advanced but more probably creatively inhibited place yeah. than they were. Yeah, because if I think if you look at Microsoft from i guess the x the original xbox era compared to microsoft now i think microsoft has learned a lot of lessons and like a lot of big companies uh or big publishers have learned a lot of lessons in terms of their relationships with their studios and how much of a hand they should have in those projects and so you look at a lot of the studios that microsoft has acquired and like this is a lot of this is in theory because we haven't seen a lot of the fruits of that but yeah from what we understand from interviews and how they talk about their studios like those studios are relatively uh um free to like work on the projects that they want to and have the creative freedom that they want to right like double fine i i assume is still going to be double fine they're still working on the next psychonauts that seems like it's still going to be true to what it is and beyond that it seems like they're still going to keep working on what they want to like same with um 
Obsidian, right? Where Obsidian put out, put out Outer Worlds, and the next Obsidian game that we've gotten announced is uh, Avowed, I think, the fantasy game. Yes, the Skyrim-like. Yeah, the Skyrim-looking game. And yeah. that looks that that looks uh, aligned with how Obsidian is as a studio, right? That looks like an Obsidian game. And I expect that to continue with all the other studios that Microsoft, Microsoft owns. If this happened in 2001, or whenever these discussions were going on, yeah, I think you would have seen a grand shift in the type of games that Nintendo would have made. Like, I don't think you would have seen Nintendo continue to put out, even though, like, the GameCube era, I feel like, was a weird era for Nintendo games. But either way, right, you wouldn't, I don't think you would have gotten to, to Mario Galaxy. You wouldn't have gotten to uh, Breath of the Wild. You wouldn't have gotten to certain games because they would have changed. Like, they would have changed fundamentally. And yeah. maybe they would have, maybe, maybe in the way the universe works, that would have circled back around to now we have Rare putting out Sea of Thieves and they're going to put out uh the next game that they have announced i forget the name of it already uh the wild, wild ever wild game ever wild yeah, yeah. yes uh they're gonna put out ever wild and like that looks cool and i think that has the potential to be really awesome and get a lot of people on board but that's never a sure thing right like you don't like i don't i don't know what that's what that circle around looks like for nintendo maybe yeah. that looks like mario strikers too who knows and like the other side of this uh, like a separate from the quality of the games is if Microsoft bought their way into the industry by buying Nintendo, holy shit, I cannot imagine how bad like their the anger against Microsoft would have been. Like it was already like pretty bad that like at that time was people like it, it was the people putting dollar signs at Microsoft and be like, I can't believe this like American company is like muscling its way into the industry. And like mm-hmm. the Xbox did kind of in a lot of ways kind of bore that out of like here's this giant like old VCR looking system with this incredibly big controller that like is putting out just you know first person shooters which are that, that at that point not a not a uh, industry defining genre or you know yeah putting out like brute force or games like um, God Dead or Alive and Kakuto Tojin and games that like weren't necessarily looked at as you know good games and they were like weird things to define a brand by but if then if you went like oh these motherfuckers also bought nintendo you have let's say like 30 million nintendo fans that are going to dedicate everything they have to being upset about this and Mm -hmm. i don't know if you then have a microsoft that like is able to actually latch on to the uh teenage to adult like um market that actually gave them the boost in the xbox era and the 360 and all that stuff and sony just captures that like maybe microsoft gets the family genre our family audience there and doesn't need the teenage one but instead of like getting it they just lose it all to sony because the ps2 was that or was that console for so long so yeah it is it's an interesting thought experiment of what would have happened and i don't think it would have worked out well for anyone at least in the short term yeah, I think where we're at with the three companies, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo now is a better place than where we would have been at uh, had Microsoft acquired Nintendo. Yeah, this generation, they're all doing something different. Like last yeah. generation, generation before, like Microsoft and Sony were a little too close and that like worked out to Sony's favor and didn't work out to Microsoft's. But this one, it's like, okay, you get a different, exp- it's a lot of the same games, but you are getting a different experience on all three consoles. Uh, speaking of Microsoft-owned studios, story number three, is Microsoft's in exile working on an FPS RPG? This is Jordan Alleman at IGN. Wasteland 3 developer in exile entertainment appears to be working on an FPS RPG according to new job listings. 
Spotted by Twisted Voxel, the studio's open positions, such as lead gameplay engineer, mentioned that applicants will be working on Exile's quote, next generation action role-playing game, implementing new first-person shooter gameplay features, end quote. The senior gameplay designer position talks about the creation of powerful, quote, powerful tactile first-person weapons and unique combat abilities that draw the player right into the middle of the action, end quote, but confirming that Exile's project will be will be in, in first person will be a first person shooter uh rpg similar to the likes of cyberpunk 2077 or deus x back in may 2020 in exile ceo brian fargo mentioned that the next studio's uh next gen rpg or that the studio's next gen rpg will harness the power of unreal engine 5 during development later that year in september fargo added that the studio is working on two rpgs right now with the second quote in the infancy infancy of pre-production End quote. And so Ron, before we go on to that blessing, mm-hmm. I want to ask Barrett real quick. Please ban yourself from chat. I saw because it. I've been seeing I've been seeing Barrett in chat saying some very inflammatory. Yeah, come on, Barrett. Barrett. You the only way Baby Mario is Odyssey. Come on, come wait, on. Wait, wait, say that again. The only great 3D Mario is Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a ter- okay. He's I thought you said the best. Crazy. I can understand best. The, the I can only understand great best. One? best. I, I don't hear it. I would I would argue, but I don't think he's wrong. You guys, you can't but... give these kids attention. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm asking Barrett, do your job and ban yourself from chat. Ban yourself from chat, please, Barrett. Thank you. <laughs> I saw. I didn't want. I didn't want to bring attention to it, but I'm glad you did, Emron, because this was this was disturbing me. Yeah. The only okay. great 3D Mario is Odyssey. <laughs> Back back to in exile. God damn. Uh, yeah, uh, I I would not like be surprised if they were working on a you know a first person RPG immersive sim kind of game. I do worry, and granted, there's not a lot to like basis off of, but with a Bethesda acquisition and with um, Obsidian working on, as we said, a Skyrim style game, like, are you? Getting to the point where you have too many of the same kind of like are to take it to Nintendo, they have too many 2D platformers. I think even they realize that and they kind of like backed off that for a little while. No such thing as too many 2D platformers, first of all. I, th- I think from a market from a market perspective, people are like, Why do I need a tropical freeze when I already when New Super Mario Brothers just came out? Like that kind of thing. So you? like I I can see I can see a situation where like Okay, there's Avow, there's Skyrim, there's Starfield, there's uh, whatever, like maybe Arcane makes a new immersive sim. And now this, like, uh, In Exile has one out too. Like, are these games different enough for the consumer to look at all them and be like, no, no, I know the difference. Like, this one's an RPG, this one's more of an action game. Or are they just going to be like, yo, the Xbox Game Pass library has a lot of first person action, like, first person RPG sims, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, this, this feels like Microsoft kind of leaning into the idea of, hey, let's, let's, let's own something, right? Like, let's own a genre because I, I think historically we've always associated Xbox with first-person shooters and this does feel like them, and also like Western RPGs a bit, right? This feels like them really leaning into that of, hey, yeah, like, let's continue with the Halos, let's continue with that, let's continue with the games that people love and then, yeah, let's build let's let's build this catalog that continues to celebrate and and take ownership of that. And that feels like very much the move, especially when you buy Bethesda and that's that catalog, right? Like, Bethesda's yeah. catalog of studios are making first-person shooters and RPGs and first-person RPGs. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if Exile is working on a Fallout. I think that would be exciting. Mm, I think that, would, I think that would line up. Because, yeah. like, you know, one, they're the Wasteland studio, and Wasteland obviously, like, has lineage and Fallout and stuff. Uh, but then also, when you look at what is being worked on right now, Bethesda Game Studios, 
they they have announced Starfield. They have announced Elder Scrolls Six, which means that the next Fallout from them is a long way down, years. like like years late and years, 20, and years down, late twenty, late this decade, probably. Yeah, yeah. If that, like, if Starfield comes out, let's say in two years, and then Elder Scrolls Six comes out, what five, six, seven years after that, then yeah, I would like, say twenty twenty five, like to twenty twenty six for Elder, like theoretically they're already making it but they can't be making it that hard if they're also working on starfield you know like it's not that big a studio exactly but yeah but that pushes fallout way out and with fallout 76 not necessarily being as successful as bethesda has wanted it to be i think that puts fallout in this weird place of okay we cannot let this ip just like fizzle and sit and you know we 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 have to make a return on this somehow we actually we have we have to keep it active and i think either giving it to Obsidian to make another New Vegas or giving it to Exile to make whatever Exile wants to make, even if that is like another New Vegas or whatever it is, another spinoff. I think that is 1000% a move that they're thinking about. And I'm sure both Obsidian and Exile would probably be excited about. Right. I would really love a new game that takes inspiration from Deus Ex, especially Square Enix is not going to give me a Deus Ex. Like, get, oh, get yeah. a th- what do we call these? We call them shit shooters because you shoot the shit and you shoot shit. Like, that... I think we need more of those games. And I would like, if Anaxile is going to make one, I'd be happy for it. I just kind of yeah. worry like, at what point do you go, okay, this is too many for our one, for our publishing label. Maybe we need to like, you know, maybe it does diversify. Like as much as I didn't really dig Wasteland 3, it does diversify Game Pass. If you're looking down at it and go like, okay, I'm looking for a new game to play. None of these like first person RPGs are really like what I want right now. But this one, this like isometric or tactical or whatever RPG does look more interesting for what I'm into. But, you know, also there is the argument that if you're going to work for Microsoft, if you're going to be bought by Microsoft, fucking make a couple of AAA games. Like, go spend that money that they're, they're spending on everything else. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Barrett in chat just said, none of them 3D games are as good as as new Super Mario Brothers U. Again, Barrett, time yourself out, please. <laughs> <laughs> please, for the love of God, please time yourself out. He's gotten he's gone mad with power. Yeah, he's gone very mad with power. He's like deep in there too. It's one of those ones where like where you dig you dig yourself in a little bit with like you know a controversial opinion, <laughs> and then like once you start to feel that pushback, you like dig your heels in. Barrett's like a diglet right now, right? <laughs> like the Pokemon, he just used dig. He's all the way underground. He's not letting up. He's in I there. Would, I he's think I would always jabs. like he's throwing hooks. The end. Oh, Barrett's here. Oh, Barrett, God, come here. on, Barrett. Barrett, what Barrett. are you doing? Barrett, what are you doing in there? Barrett, you we have can't to. hear you, Barrett. You're muted, I think. Yeah. Still, Still muted. muted. Yeah. I can't hear you. Okay. There, we there go. he is. Uh, y'all are going to tell me that you think the 3D games overall are better than the 2D games overall? Get the fuck overall, out of here. Overall is a different conversation, but yes, I would, I, would, I would say that. I would say with the exception oh, of Sunshine, uh, most 3D games are better than DS, uh, Riders, Wii, DS, and 2. You is a harder argument. You I will put closer to like. Come on, man. Sunshine. Sunshine's great. fucking bad. Sunshine's a bad game. I don't like. I don't. I don't like sunshine. And I don't I like. Think the, I don't like the sudden sunshine okay. love in the chat. Like a, there's a bunch of sunshine defenders in there. Here's the thing you don't really need sunshine. to get the fuck out of here. Sunshine's controls suck ass. Like I've been playing They're that so game bad. recently. They're is bad. that like when you run onto things, that A button does not respond nearly as fast as you think it was. You're going to tell me any of these 3D I, games see, are I, better than Super Mario World Blessing. Okay, no, no, World is a different, like, 
I, well, I would argue is like you, if, if, I can I'll, I'll hear the argument that overall the 2D games are better than the 3D games. I disagree, but I, I understand where that comes from because World exactly. and 3 are masterpieces. But I might like, put Galaxy equivalent to, equivalent to World. Galaxy and Galaxy 2 are good games. They're revel- they were at the time revelatory games. games. Yeah. Revolutionary? Revelatory. They oh, they are like they are great games that like I think define a lot of that like not even just genre, but like actual the 3D versus 2D, you know. Yeah, and schism. Mario 64 is revelatory. And, and it aged like shit. And no, it didn't no, because it didn't. I played that thing Barrett, this last how are year. You that drunk thing at played 10:30. amazing. How? Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, when was Barrett? the last time you played Mario 64? Um, like a, two weeks ago. No, I mean, it was longer than no, that. No, I'm asking like, Kevin, who's like, me who's trying to defend with the... It. There we go. There we go. Got rid of that problem. <laughs> Thank you know what I mean, guys? Oh, God, he's back. I oh, don't no. fucking appreciate you doing that, Kevin. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick you out of this call. I can do it, too. He's yeah, recording the show. Of the show. <laughs> Barrett, don't make me ban you. You did this to us yesterday. Barrett, we're going to continue this conversation in the post show because I got more. I got I got words. No, I got I got I got shit to do. You know, this is the 2021 chaotic energy that I feel like we really need right now. You just started. You're recording the White House got stormed yesterday. I can't deal with this shit today. Story number four. Twitch removes the popular podcast. Champ emote. This is from Patricia Hernandez at gamesindustry.biz. Pogchamp, one of gaming culture's most prominent faces, has been removed from the live streaming service Twitch, the company has announced. The decision was taken in light of its real-world face, fighting game personality Ryan Gutex Gutierrez, who utilized social media in Twitch, in Twitch's words, to encourage, quote, further violence after what took place in the Capitol today, end quote. Following a violent takeover of Capitol Hill by Trump supporters and calls to impeach from major political figures, Gutierrez asked his followers to continue the civil unrest that unfolded throughout January 6th. The personality invoked the name of a woman who died during the Trump supporter takeover, encouraging his followers to, to watch a video about her passing. In short, many top gaming personalities announced that they were either they were either banning the wide-eyed emote from their channels, if not asking the platform itself, Twitch, to take action against it. The charge was led by content creator Natasha Zombie Kills Zinda, a personality who has been vocal oh, yeah. about deplatforming hate. Gutierrez previously made the news over spreading com- conspiracy theories. Twitch's own community guidelines pr- prohibit violence, including using platforms outside of the live, live streaming service to encourage it. Uh, Imran, I don't know, you're probably following this as it was happening uh, yeah. yesterday because it was all over Twitter. It was impossible not to follow. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think this is a good move by Twitch. Like, I think this makes sense. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I like so. Apparently, I had not been following Gutex for a while because, like, I just there hasn't been that many fighting game tournaments recently. But he has apparently just become like a massive piece of shit. Like, mm. he he's been like a COVID denier, which is one of the dumbest things you can possibly be right now. And I say one of because there there actually do appear to be dumber things you can be. But <laughs> like. I, I don't think I ever tied po- or not ever, but like before this year, I don't think I ever tied Pogchamp to him. I don't think I ever recognized that was him. So like he's apparently always hated the emoticon. So that I can see an argument to to not removing it because he sucks. <laughs> but like also he sucks, so I don't want to think about him. Like mm-hmm. just like it's cool that Twitch is like okay, yeah, this guy just he he has gone a step too far now. Let's just remove it. And I I had to go through a community discord last night and make sure that we did not have a pong champ one but like i don't think they should replace him with any one person i i saw this this theory online of not theory but like suggestion of 
just type in like Pog and it should come from a database of just like tons of streamers. It should have like Khalif and Paris and Zombie and all of those people. It just like have like like a excited reaction yeah. from them. And that that I think represents Twitch better than like any one person going like, oh, like this should be like it should be a celebration of all streamers and not just one. Yeah. And I I I one hundred percent agree. I think that'll be a powerful way to do it. Uh, there was a question that somebody wrote, wrote in, and I don't have time to like read through the whole question, but they're essentially asking the question of, you know, is Twitch removing the emote performative? Like, is this the thing that's necessary? And I think the power behind Twitch removing the emote is PogChamp as a term doesn't need to be associated with that face. And if yeah. that's a face that causes people discomfort or is a face that is associated with somebody who is behaving shitty, uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna make up a word, shittily. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna use it. Who's behaving shittily, right? Or encouraging violence and doing all this stuff, right? That that you shouldn't be doing. Then separate those things, you know? Because I think the the more you, if Twitch was to leave it and was to uh, just roll with it and act like it wasn't happening, then I think you start to paint your platform in a certain color in terms of being like, okay, yeah, like we don't we don't care about these things or we don't care enough to like make actions to better the platform. But then also you then leave that term as a thing that's being associated with that image and i think that then colors the term badly for everybody in a way where for twitch taking it back and redefining it uh as or not even redefining it reassociating it with a different image reassociating it with something that's more positive or something that is liked more i think is going to go further into making it so that hey yeah we, we can all still use the term pog champ we can all still say poggers and all that stuff and it doesn't get associated with hate you know because yeah. of this one dude also, it may be performative, but like, guess what? So is a lot of things. And like, you need to have the people who are only doing good because they're ashamed of doing it to also to get the cultural change that you actually kind of need to get people to actually believe, hey, hey, this is a good thing. Like, I understand, like, I'm not, it's not part of a, like, argument between shitty people. It is just like, oh, I understand that this change is good because I, like, people have been saying it is good so like yeah. yeah that's a cynical way of looking at it but also yeah some sometimes you do need like pressure from people who are i hate to use this term but virtue signaling a little bit to make sure those virtues are ingrained in our culture as you know better for sure before we get into story number five, I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider to use? The sad thing is, most of us have very little choice, because ISPs operate like monopolies in the region that they serve. They then use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers, uh, data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data or data on to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing our internet activity, Kind of Funny protects its devices with ExpressVPN. So what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or a message you send gets tracked by ISPs or other tech giants who can then sell your information for profit. That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. Just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. 
That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash games. That's expressvpn.com slash games to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash games right now to learn more. We're also brought to you by Honey. Uh, these days, it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we really do. That's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's the free shop. It's the free browser ex- extension that scours the internet for promo for promo codes and automatically tests them when you're checking out. Here's how it works: You get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks. Then, when you're checking out on one of its over thirty thousand supported sites, Honey pops up, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site. If Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one to your cart. Greg loves this thing and uses it all the time. He saves money on random sites and then turns his Honey credit into Amazon gift cards. Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech giants and gaming sites to fashion brands to even food delivery. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free when works with whatever browser you use. Uh, you can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games so they know that we sent you. Thanks, Honey, for supporting today's episode. Lastly, we're brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy. Chances are you use Amazon, but have you used Amazon Pharmacy yet? That's right. Prescriptions delivered to your door by Amazon, just like the toilet paper and Funko Pops you're probably already ordering. It saves you time and keeps you out of the waiting line at the pharmacy. It's easy. Have your, doc- have your doctor's office send your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy. You can use insurance. Amazon, Ph- Amazon Pharmacy uh, works with most insurance plans worldwide, nationwide. Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Tim needed some medication over the break. He used Amazon Pharmacy, and he says it's easy as all hell. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, back in back in oh god, it was October, wasn't it? Yeah, back in October, I was getting my uh, wisdom teeth removed. You all know this very well. Uh, let me tell you, the worst thing that I had to do during all that was stand in line at a pharmacy. <laughs> While I was in pain, it'd be nice if I could just get somebody to deliver it for me. That's what Amazon Pharmacy does. They help you out with that. Deliver it right to your door. It's great. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash GamesRx. That's Amazon.com slash GamesRx. A-M-A-Z-O-N dot com slash GamesRx. Imran. What's up? Story number five, a uh, canceled 2006 Tomb Raider game is now playable. This is Zach Zweisen at Kotaku. And uh, Kevin, I have gameplay footage in the doc if you want to pull that up for people to see as they read through. Back in 2006, Core Design, the original studio behind the Tomb Raider series, was working on a 10th anniversary remake of the first game for PSP. While a lot of progress was made, the game was eventually canceled. Now, that original PSP game has resurfaced and is playable, PC Gamer reports. On December 31st, uh, Tomb Raider fan site Tomb of Ash uploaded what it says are the PSP remake assets to the Internet Archive. The assets include multiple levels, complete with puzzles and platforms. If you follow Tomb, uh, Tomb of Ash's instructions, you'll be able to play the unreleased 2006 PSP Tomb Raider remake. Uh, and it looks cool. Like, I was surprised by how finished it seems by looking at the gameplay footage. So they released a Tomb Raider anniversary game. Is that 
is this just a PSP version of that? What year did that come out? If it was 2006, 2006 then probably. Yes. Oh okay. yeah, there probably was. Yeah, it was probably the mo- the um, handheld version. Okay, so it's neat that they did that, but like we have a PS2 360 in I think PS3 version of that game. Yeah, like so there are better ways to play it, obviously. Yes, <laughs> but like it's cool for at least like um uh uh like keeping like what's uh, archaeology? What's the word I'm looking for? Preservation. It's good for preservation. Yes. It's good for yeah, like no, that, absolutely. That is absolutely true. Yes, it just like. I looked at because I, I saw the the headline and I haven't seen the footage until now. And I was like, I was picturing like, oh, there must have been like, be, like pre reboot a like a, another try and go again with the uh, old Lara and all that stuff. And I was like, really interested in that. And like, this is still cool. That to be like, but it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Uh, one more news story. Story number six: Hitman VR looks ridiculous. This is another one that I have the trailer for, Kevin. If you can pull it up, uh, I'm very excited for Hitman Three uh, this morning. Uh, uh, IO Interactive released the trailer for the VR mode for Hitman uh, 3, and I'm very into it. It's basically like, like, the cool things about it, obviously, is that like there with Hitman 3, you get the re- retroactive Hitman levels, and so the Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 levels are available, and they are also available in VR, and so you can just walk around in these levels, and like it looks like it's own, like if you just showed, showed me this, I don't think I would have known immediately that was Hitman so different. Like, it, it, like it, just looking at this footage, I've been like, "Oh, it's cyberpunk." Yeah, like it kind of feels that way. Um, but it's like more of a sandbox. Like, hey, just go in and fuck around and yeah. get your assassination. And I'm definitely gonna try this. this, this uh, there's no way this works like this smoothly, right? Like, this is gonna suck, right? Like, because this is mean, VR incredible. VR footage is always like a yeah. smoke and mirrors show, but like, hopefully, it works as well. Like, I saw Simon Cardi post a thing today of like. Tapping someone on the shoulder and then punching them. Yeah, which there, if that works, that's great. Because like, yeah, no, that's the thing that that's the thing that I want more of in VR is just <laughs> ways to cool fuck thing. around. And Hitman is the perfect fuck around game. And so like, if I'm able to just walk around and like, yeah, tap people on their shoulder and then fuck with them, and and it's 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 gonna come up in a second in this trailer. But like, it seems it, that seems like a very fun way to play the game. Uh, and I'm all about it. I cannot wait for it. I finally got my PSVR. Um, uh adapter i say finally i got it like months ago but i've not put it to use and so this is gonna be the thing that finally gets me to hook it up and yeah this is the i think this is the clip of yeah tapping on the shoulder turns around punch him in the face so this is only for psvr right this is they're not doing this for the pc version of hitman i don't think so maybe they are kind of funny.com slash you're wrong they've been advertising it and marketing it mainly on psvr so like that's the weird thing about so like no man's sky is a good example of this because there is a ps5 version of no man's sky i think so to play vr on no man's sky you need to have the ps4 version on the ps4 on a ps5 oh yeah so i kind i'm wondering if that's the way hitman is going to work of there's a ps5 version of hitman but you need to download the ps4 version if you want to play it on vr yeah, I wonder. And if that's the case, that is very convoluted, and I don't like that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really even think about that. Yeah, you would have to get the PS4. You would have to have the PS4 version in order to use the VR. Yeah, fascinating, which, interesting. Like, if it's on PC, then sure, I will just you know, I'm sure it'll be on Epic like Game Store, and I'll just plug in the Oculus and like do it that way. But like the PS PS4 stuff is a bit more complicated, and I wonder if it's like if you convert it to a PS5 version, can you ever convert it back? Can you like switch around? Did you download both at the same time? So you can, and if so, did they share a save file? 
That's like the thing that I, I'm not a big fan of when it comes to this particular generational switch because I've, I've had similar bullshit with like Call of Duty and Warzone where one, it took me forever to figure out like, okay, can I can I download Warzone onto my external hard drive? Can I not? Because like that, I was having bullshit with that for some reason. And then if you go into Black Ops Cold War on PS5, there's a sep- there is like an option to boot up Warzone in the game that makes it look like another mode, but that is opening up another execu- uh, executable that is a PS4 game and like, that's the type of shit that I wish was more more smooth, uh, because it does it it does kind of feed back into the idea of hey we're PlayStation we believe in generations and all this stuff. And I'm sure this is a problem on Xbox too. Um, Xbox but, has a different problem of what when you download a game, it says like hey we have an updated version of this and you have no choice but to accept it, which is like you know mm-hmm. generally fine. But like if you don't have the hard drive space for the 4K assets for Gears of War five and you just wanted to play Gears of War, like that does become yeah. an issue there. Yeah, and that's been that's been another issue with me for Call of Duty is like I I want to have Black Ops Cold War in Warzone, but that's like a lot of gigabytes of space right there on my PS. That's like yeah. a percentage of my gigabyte space on I'm my PS Five, like pretty already. much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same here. Like I'm I'm out of space because of that, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna make the hard decision to delete Miles Morales off my <laughs> PS Five. It's time. I mean, you do hate the game, so that does make sense. Uh, that that would be the saying, sac- keep that would be the priority sacrifice. I like that game it's a lot. Like- it's a great game. <laughs> Great game, Miles Morales. I don't even I know it. how this joke started. Greg just started. I started. I don't know where it started either. I think it started. It started because of uh, you talked. I was having like about I, the game. Remember? You're like, oh, yeah, that's true. No, Kevin got it right. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't like. And Ron, I'm very excited to see what Hitman Three ends up being. But the release of Hitman Three is just so far away. If I wanted it was coming out to Mom and Grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Blacksmith of the Sand Kingdom for Xbox One and PC, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Heart of the Forest for Switch, Stardash for Switch, Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story for Switch, Press Any Button for PC, Iron Conflict for PC. Uh, the Monster Hunter Rise demo is now available for Switch. And then GTA Online players can hit the streets of Southern San Andreas with a fresh new ride. The iconic BF Weevil, while a new batch of rewards, bonuses, and discounts are also now available. New dates for you. Demonic costumes. Quick. What's up? Uh, speaking of the Rise demo, I don't think I can talk about that until like a couple of hours from now. I think we'll be on stream. So probably at some point during the stream, I'll start talking about that demo. Because like, oh, yeah. I've had it for a couple of days. Oh, well, tune in for that. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, new discreet uh, demonic costumes inspired by Doom muscle their way into Fall Guys for a limited time starting January 12th. I got one deal of the day Star Wars Battlefront 2 Celebration Edition will be available for free next week on the Epic Game Store. That's January 14th through January 21st. Now it's time for Reader Mail. Of course, you can write in patreon.com slash games. Get your question read on the show, just like Joshy G did. Joshy G writes in and says, hey, kind of funny. So last year, I pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, God, the question disappeared as I was reading. I'm so okay, sorry. I'm so, I, I pressed the wrong button. A lot of things are happening over here. It should be back. It's all good. No, it's back. It's back. Uh, so last year, I pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077 digitally with, with the goal to play it on my PS5. I knew it was a risk as there was a chance it could be full of bugs. I get the game and I immediately I Im- immediately have disappointment of how it looks compared to what was shown in trailers. I kept playing anyways and was enjo- enjoying the game for the most part, minus the bugs and crashes. I got to a point where I had had a bug mission 
that couldn't be completed. And what and I wanted to start a new character. This happened parallel with Sony offering refunds, so I decided to go that route and getting the game later. I got Persona 5 Royal instead, and now now that I look back, I don't miss my time playing Cyberpunk. That all said, what have been games that have disappointed you in the past? Imran. So real quick, before I get to answer that question, um, you can't refund Cyberpunk and get it later. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. On Sony's system, if you refund a game, it is banned from your account. It'll come back, though. What if you get a physical Right? Like, when they later? put it up for sale, they gotta let people buy it again. That has not been their policy so far. Maybe they make an exception for Cyberpunk. You can buy, it like, to. a disc copy, and I think that would work. Because but... also, like, I feel like they gotta also put that in the fine print. Because, like, that's something that I didn't know, and I've got... I've... Wait, there's no way that's true. That's been true for refunds so far. Because that I would don't... mean I can't refund Onrush. <laughs> or I can't buy Onrush. Because I refunded Onrush when I bought it. You Hold can on, check, I'm but checking I... <laughs> Okay, go go for it. There is no is, way. That is, that is their refund policy so far. Is if you refund a game through like their customer service, then you have the that license. Like you can't restore that license to your account. If I cannot rebuy Onrush, I'm gonna yeah. That 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 came words. up with No Man's Sky because people like refunded the game and then once it got better, they wanted it back and they couldn't. Holy shit. Oh wait, was Onrush a was that a PS Plus game at a certain point? I think that one got might have gotten weird. For Possibly. Mine. Yeah. Okay. No. So I think I do have Onrush because of PS Plus. Huh. I've never heard of that. But that's yeah, fascinating. So but you people got, in they, have saying, that, they have to make yeah. that exception for for Cyberpunk though. That would be my guess is if they do do it, an exception, it will be for Cyberpunk because of just how weird that is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that can <laughs> still be listed. Do-do-do. When do you think it comes back, <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> Hey Tim Geddes. Hey it's Tim Geddes. I'm gonna do the post show with Imran, so I'm just I'm just prepping here. You guys are having a riveting <laughs> conversation about refunds and stuff. Heard you guys were talking some shit. I don't know oh, what you say, but people are tweeting at me being like, "Hey, y'all need to calm your boys down. They're talking shit about 3D Mario." And I was like, "No, That's no, all the context no." Barry Courtney is Barry Courtney oh, is okay. on a rampage. I don't know what he did when he woke up no this morning, surprised. but he woke up with an energy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we were defending 3D Mario against Good. Garrett Courtney. Good. I heard my oh, name. He's back. Oh no, he's back. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's like Beetlejuice. Someone's got to stop yeah, Garrett Courtney. He must. I mean, be I'm just saying. Be stopped. 2D Mario games designed overall just better than 3D Mario games. <laughs> and that's like that's an acceptable statement. Again, like, Mario 64, yeah, that's great when said, it came right? out. Great when it came out. That's not what you were saying. You're saying that like none of the 3D <laughs> Mario games are as good as Super Mario Brothers U, and that's where you have no, a problem. Your your exact statement was <laughs> the only great 3D Mario is Mario Odyssey, which is true. I think insane. I, yeah. I think in today's standards, I think no. that's a true statement. I hey. think Mario 64 was great when it came out. I don't think that game ages well. Tim is stunned into silence. Yeah, this is. There's certain things when it comes to Barrett's takes that I'm just like, some I'm gonna argue, some (laughs) I am gonna make fun of him for and like have fun with. There are some that I'm like, I just can't. I don't even know what direction. He doesn't even know what to do with it. You know, I don't know how to respond. You know what? You know what? Some people are just broken. (laughs) You know, maybe I'm broken. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not an unknown thing that I am a broken person, guys. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Oh, Ron, when, do, when do you think we get cyberpunk back on the playstation store oh god um you think that's with the hot patches that they're they're throwing out there i assume by late january because that, that was place what places was telling people was like yeah by late january there will be a patch and like that'll probably be the like that should theoretically be the one that they bring back 
to the store at least and then end their like no no questions asked refund policy but who knows it is a unprecedented situation uh, to Josh G's question of which game, which games have disappointed me in the past, uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is like the one I'll pull up of like a game that I was anticipating so hard. I was so excited for Mirror's Edge Catalyst because I love Mirror's Edge so much, uh, and I played it, beat it, and was like, "Wow, what a what a disappointment!" Like I like I it's it's one of those ones where you know when you play a game that like is isn't a 10 it's not a nine it's not an eight right like it's yeah. like a six but you play it anyway and because it's a thing that you kind of enjoy. Right, yeah. like you, you know like that Mario sixty four. Oh, how? F- mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying Mirror's Edge to make you Mirror's mad Edge now. Listen that for me. Mirror's Kevin is asleep at the button. Like, why is he not removing bear from this call right now? <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you gotta you gotta do your thing, Kevin. You're asleep at the wheel. Gotta I, you gotta take him out. I don't know for a fact if he can remove me. I don't think he can because I'm like a super mod and he's just a lame mod. <laughs> no, I can disconnect you. <laughs> oh god i just wanted to get him that talking a little bit <laughs> ah damn it <laughs> he's running the show oh that screwed everything up <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, they can hear me right kevin here. yeah 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 they can see okay. part now, of you too now it's time to squad up of course you can go to patreon.com so it's kind of funny games right, so up, right up with your squad right in with your squad of requests and we partner you up with the best friends uh just like ben did ben wrote in and says hi kfg crew there's a KFBF Community Cake Bash Championship stream on Saturday, the 13th of, of February, Pacific Standard Time. We have five spots available for some kind of funny best friends to play. No experience is needed, just a PS4 console, headset, and a copy of the game, Cake Bash. It's going to be an absolute blast, and we'll also have giveaways during the stream. Cake Bash is a fantastic online-slash-local party game about very aggressive baked goods. If there are any KFBFs that would like to participate, please send me a message-slash-whisper at twitch.tv slash please be excited or DM on Twitter at please be excited. Uh, love the show. Keep crushing it, Ben. Uh, of course, please be excited is spelled on Twitter with... Uh, I'll just spell it out because it's spelled weird. P-L-E-A-S-E. So please be, B-E, and then X-C-I-T-E-D. Please be excited. Miskin E in the middle there. That, that's what will trip you up. Please be excited. Wait, but should uh, we push in his PSN, Bruce PSX? I guess we can add him on PSN also. He like wrote in with his other stuff in the actual text, but yeah, you yeah, can add him on PSN I, I just also. Copy and PSX. Do you want me to put please be excited uh, gotcha. in there? Yeah, put please be excited in there. That'd be great. Slash. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in and listen to what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Let's see here. We covered that. Oh. Not sure what that's about. Okay, here we go. Nailball just says uh, Hitman 3 VR is only available on PSVR. Okay, that kind of sucks because, like, that, like we talked about, that PS5, PS4 thing is weird. Uh, Big Bad Beluga says Tomb Raider Anniversary was released in 2007 by Crystal Dynamics. This can- canceled version was by original creator's core design. Wait, Hitman VR only uses the gamepad? Is what uh, Like a Brick says. If that's true, that sucks. Like, I don't like that. If you if you do the thing where you tap somebody on the shoulder and then punch them with the other hand, you have to be able to use the the wands for that. That yeah, can't be like a gamepad like, thing. Unless they're just button like context sensitive buttons. I yeah, I, I would need to check like make sure of that. But if that's true, that's not how I want to play Hitman VR. Tomorrow's host for the kind of funny games daily episode to wrap up the week will be Greg and Janet Gar- Garcia, who is our kind of funny spotlight for this week. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch after this, 
is the first impressions of Super Meat Boy Forever. Uh, and following that will be me playing some Sekiro with Snowbike Mike. So get hyped for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games featuring Tim motherfucking Gettys. So stick mm-hmm. around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>